0: i set of
1: our limbs, our bodies, we were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. As we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life, and that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. By the hand of the devil, God, rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord. And we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Uh, somebody have come this morning burning down, God. Uh- the issues of life, God, somebody, God, is in the battle of their life, somebody, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil has come into war against them, Lord, but we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God, we know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Uh. Touch us on today, Lord. Uh. We need to like never before. Uh with the Holy Ghost God and give us a refill Lord that when we leave here today Lord we can leave with your anointing Lord that as we meet men and women boys and girls they might be converted to know who you are Lord in the mighty name of Jesus we pray we thank you because you are a healer you're the God that healeth these and healing is in your wings and you're able to touch our feeble bodies you're able to save our troubled souls And in the name of Jesus, find every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus, more than anything we know. We need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find God uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you, Lord, uh, because we know for every right desire uh, there is an answer, uh, and Jesus, you're that answer. Uh, there's no need for us, God, uh, to turn hither or to the Lord. Uh, we need but to look to you, Lord, uh, because you're the answer, God, uh, for our trouble, Lord. Uh, touch on the day, God. Uh, bring every yoke, oh God. Uh, stay on the day God deliver on the day God Jesus we need you Lord we need you Jesus we need you Jesus we we'll cry out to you Lord we we'll know that you're able to save our soul we we'll know that you're able God to heal our bodies Jesus we we'll know that you're able God to turn our situations around Jesus know the help we know Lord, the help we know Lord the help we know oh God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. Lord of God, we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it and we'll give your name the praise and we'll bless you Lord yes we thank you Lord and we bless your holy name come on open your mouth and give the Lord some praise
2: whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto unto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of God spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost.
3: Amen. Amen. Second Peter, chapter one. Hallelujah. Verse one through verse twenty-one this morning. And uh, I like all this kind of carrying on. I like John. I like Peter. I like all sixty-six books. But some books. It's like they speak out to you more than others. And uh, I'm grateful for the word of God this morning. I'm, I thank God for it. And Pastor Hinton was low this morning. I got to go back and uh, put him back in the studio. Some way, somehow, I took him out, and I know better. So I will put him back in so we can hear the prayer in the morning. He said, you know, the Lord use his prayer for us. And uh, we're grateful. Unto Almighty God today for another week ending. Friday, hallelujah, August the 5th, 2022. I'm grateful for the weekend because on Saturdays, uh, usually I can do things early in the morning I'm able to do because, you know, I want to be here in obedience. But we thank God for the weekend coming. Oh, I didn't take the trash out, y'all. So I need to get on this right quick and I'll be back. So we're going to um this one. I
4: could I forget it.
5: the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. to the old and he made it new. That's just what. power of his blood, I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, goodness and mercy, and the power of the blood, so much power in the blood. Thank in bay fly
6: You've heard the words since you were in Sunday school. You have heard these professors remind you of them both in words of warning as well as words of encouragement and maybe even a few testimonies. A counselor, a friend, a minister of music, whatever capacity you'll serve in on mission field or here at home, you'll use these two words. And they are, trust God. Two single-syllable words that you have heard forever, but you will discover as time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. Of course, I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease detected but not cured. You may lose your dreams, your hopes. You may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years all losses are painful and you will be brought back over and over again to the words of Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 I know I know you memorized them in vacation Bible school or when you were growing up at the knee of a godly mother and or father And your lips will move, as I quote them, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. All your heart, all your ways, trust trust. Now, we have a problem with this because of several things. First of all, we are too blame self-sufficient. We have learned how to get ourselves out of jams rather than acknowledging the jam has very well been either directed or permitted by our sovereign God to teach us. And by not trusting him, we short-circuit the test and go our own way, getting ourselves out of our own mess. We're too self-sufficient. Another reason we fail this test is because we're too quick to call on others. We have a lot of very capable friends. As life unfolds and you leave this school and you're involved in your church, your work of ministry, your realm of responsibility. You'll meet other people, many of them much smarter than you are, most of them richer than you are, better connected than you are. And some of them will become good friends, and they will become your crutch. They have connections. And when you're up against it, they will, they'll get you through it. Another reason we don't trust is because we feel distant from the God of heaven. Don't feel too guilty about that. So did Job, as godly as he was. And yet Job said, in the midst of all of the lost, though he slay me, I will trust in him. Though he take me off this earth in the process, I leave trusting him. I will trust him. The fourth reason I would name is that we have cultivated the bad habit of worry. Uh, Many of you are much better at worrying than you are at trusting. If you were to put together a worry list, it would outrun your prayer list. And you're worried right now about something. Most likely, it's related to something about your schoolwork. Some course, some class, some test. Or maybe your finances. You don't have enough money. I'll give you a word of encouragement, you'll never have enough money. So you're worried now you're getting good at it so you can carry that with you when you graduate because you won't have enough money then. So you're worried about that. And you do not trust God. See how practical it is? And if you think you're going to outgrow the problem, take it from this old guy today, you won't ever outgrow it. It's like lust. You never outgrow lust. You just learn to fake it. I remember attending a Navigator conference when Lauren Sandy was president. We were at Glen Erie and they had a returned missionary, I think an 87, 88-year-old gentleman who um, uh, Lauren brought up to the platform, and he was a longtime Navigator, and Lauren said, Tell me, Dr. So-and-so, when did you conquer lust? The old man said, well, Warren, hasn't happened yet. You'll never conquer worry. It's part of the flesh. You want to, but the only way you will get through it so that you will learn from the test is to trust, to trust. To put the worry on hold, to set it aside, deliberately shoving it away and saying, God, at this moment, I rest in you and you alone. If you're married, God, help my spouse and me to trust you. To lean on you. To wait on you. To listen to you. To endure the test with you. I put together a quick list of things that reveal how little we trust. When you choose to, to worry, you do not trust. When you try to fix what is impossible, you do not trust. When you hurry ahead and don't wait for the Lord to to move and to change, you, you do not trust. When you lie awake twisting and turning at night, you do not trust. When you doubt biblical principles and promises that are right here in the book you love and study, you do not trust. When you turn to others first, for help, you do not trust. When you listen to human counsel and give a higher priority to that than the principles you have just learned, you do not trust. When you manipulate and maneuver situations, you do not trust. When you step in and take charge without praying and being led by the Spirit of God, you do not trust. When you cling to others in order to feel secure and needed and loved, you do not trust. The list goes on and on. See how easy it is to live in the flesh. How easy it is to disobey trust in the Lord with all your heart. Wouldn't it be a great project over the Christmas season this year to think through Ways that you can begin to trust God regardless. Hopefully it'll be a project that you and a good friend or you and your mate can enter together. What is it we do that keep us from trusting God? And how can we break that habit and watch God break through In ways that we would never have expected. Cynthia and I have a longtime friend who was raised with four brothers in Southwest Texas. They were raised on a very poor uh, ranch. They eked out a living. One of the brothers wound up getting into Baylor, going on to UCLA Law School and earning his degree in law, and has since become a very fine attorney in the Southern California area. We've been friends since the mid-1970s. One of his four brothers stayed at the ranch and developed it, cultivated it. The other brothers moved away, as did our friend, and the one who stayed along with his wife really turned the ranch into something much more successful. Grew crops that worked, got cattle, bred them, sold them, little by little kind of got on their feet and finally became pretty much financially stable. Then the fires of 2011 across Texas swept through their area and they came to that ranch. By now they knew they would lose all all the cattle. They simply opened the gate and Amazingly, those animals know where to go, usually know where to go to find shelter and safety. And they fled, hundreds of them. And they barely left, unable to get anything, much of anything in their pickup and they drove away. Came back a number of days later when allowed to enter this territory and uh, everything was melted. Everything, Even the metal roof on the shed, on the barn, had melted down and sort of peeled its way over. And, and what it landed on, it kind of was the, that metal profile. As everything is lost. All possessions, all pictures, thankfully no lives. Strangely, the cattle got back. And were clustered around in a herd around an enormous oak tree and they were able to to get them back of course the fence had burned so that has to be rebuilt and they said to one another we realize at that moment our faith would either kick into action or we would move far away from the God we had loved and served they chose the former. they determined they would rebuild. They're in the process right now. Living with a brother, putting house and home back together, having lost it all. And the Lord taught me through my shameful response, he'll win this battle. Trust him. Trust me. trust God. upon his promises just to know thus saith the Lord trust God
7: my name is Abel Martinez the and uh, I attended the gathering church one day and uh, Jesus set me free and He could set you free as well. First time I came to the gathering, I came by myself. It was cold. I sat in the back row. Actually, it's right behind me, the seat I sat in. Uh, I was extremely hungover because I had drank the night before and uh, just God had been calling me and I knew I had to get to church So I decided to come to church, and little did I know that that day that I came to church was going to forever change my life. I personally probably hit rock bottom. I was down and out. I've given everything else a try. I tried uh, self-help books. I read the Four Agreements, Art of War, all that stuff that they tell you to read, and it didn't help. So whenever I came to church that Sunday, I truly came with an open heart and an open mind. And uh, just, I told myself, you've really got to give God a chance this time. So whatever God moves you to do, moves you to say, act on what God is telling you. I'll tell you one thing, that whenever I did come to church for the first time to the gathering, I never had stepped into, a, I've never stepped into a church that I could just feel the Holy, it was Holy Spirit filled. It was an electricity going through the room, and uh, I felt it. And whenever I felt that, I knew that I was uh, one, in the right place, and two, experiencing something I had never in my life experienced. When Pastor Holt had had mentioned the 21 day of prayer fast that we were doing, uh, for me personally, I gravitated towards it because I probably do best under pressure and when I'm challenged. And that's what I kind of took it as at first. So I thought, well, you know, we're going to follow the Bible plan. We're going to fast. And what else can I kind of add to that? That's going to help me personally grow as into the person I wanted to become. So that wasn't hard for me to uh, decide on what to let go. And I decided, okay, I'm not going to drink alcohol for 21 days and see what it does. And uh, never once did I think, I can't do this. I, I, I attacked it with the open mind and open heart. Like I said, I didn't constrain God into a box to where he can't help me get past this. It wasn't even necessarily a thought of being alcohol free forever. That's what it turned into. And I believe it turned into that, morphed into that because I found my purpose. Uh, I realized who I was in God's eyes, and uh, I I accepted it. I surrendered, and I accepted my calling. So yeah. So how many days? I had my telephone, I could tell you, but it is probably upwards of
8: seven hundred days,
7: two years for sure. Two years of sobriety. Pastor Jorge asked me, we were eating that Grub Burger one day, and we were sent kind of by the bar, and he's kind of looking over there. He's like, you never have temptation to, you know, want to sip? And I'm like, "Nope, never, never have. And if I'm being honest, there was three times that I thought, ah, maybe I could use a drink, but I haven't picked up a glass of alcohol, and I don't. Persecute, or I don't judge people who do. That's awesome if you do. That's what you choose to do. I'd definitely like to take some time out of your day to sit down and maybe we could have a chit-chat or whatever. Uh, I know y'all can't see her. Valerie's sitting back there. Uh, This really kicked off in June and she hasn't had a sip of alcohol since then. So I think uh, you plug in to the right people. You get the right people around you uh god at the center of that circle and uh miracles will happen if you allow them to how would you encourage someone to jump into a seven days of prayer and fasting i would say jump in feet first uh don't take too much thought about what you're fixing to do and uh find someone else who's participating in the seven days of prayer and just I have an accountability partner. Uh, really read any the Bible plan that you're doing. Uh, I know that there's a little feedback kind of section at the end, the talk it through it part. And uh, at first, I I'd, like, I'd never typed anything in the talk it through, but I read everyone's comment. And it allows you to understand that, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. Uh, there's people dealing with Bigger issues, smaller issues, different issues. And as long as we're all together and uh, God is at the center of that plan, uh, you can't fail. You won't fail.
6: Terry Bradshaw was the first
9: pick in the 1970 NFL Draft. The future looked bright for the small-town Louisiana boy, but his rookie year in Pittsburgh was challenging. You have to understand, I got hammered pretty good by the media. They call me stupid, call me dumb. That's a pretty Yeah, that's Why? a pretty... But uh, you're from Louisiana? Because I talk like... Yeah, I probably talk like this a little bit, and, you know, I don't talk like that anymore. No <laughs> you know just a good old southern kid i was a nice guy but if you talk like this and i threw a lot of interceptions my rookie year one guy said well he 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 can't read defenses and so therefore he's got to be stupid the image thing hurt i didn't trust people i didn't like them i didn't like them i didn't like going around the city i like sticking my head out uh people weren't nice to me and i understand that but uh at the same time when we did start winning, Scott, I never allowed myself to be accepted because I remembered how painful it was for f- for five years. Did attitudes change toward the you then once you started oh, sure. winning? Sure. Well, I mean now, now you're of smart. course they do. Yeah, I'm smartest yeah. thing I ever played the game. I'm <laughs> I'm just you know. Um but um with the fickleness
8: of it's the game. tough
9: Hey listen, Scott, it was not easy. I remember many a night sitting in my my apartment and uh you know, just uh, praying to God he'd just get me out of here. Literally prayed to get God. Get me out of here, man. Yeah. Out of the game. Didn't want to play just anymore. Just get me out of here. It wasn't just the media that hounded Terry. He wasn't used to the pressures of a big-time NFL quarterback, and eventually he slipped into depression. You have to understand now, I'm a mama's boy. I'm from the South. My way of of being raised is totally different from the big city life. I'm country, I was, truly was a country boy. Uh, it's a whole new world up there. Went to a small school. And so I had a hard time. I, couldn't, I was not used to criticism, and I did not respond well to the way my coach treated me. I didn't respond well to a firm hand and insults. The depression got how bad for you? Well, you know, I didn't know I was depressed until years later. I went to the meneth Meyer Clinic for ADD, and got tested for ADD. Uh, so that's nice. Nice to know you got ADD. So that's what you on, you know, medication. Did that for years. Then got tested for clinical depression. And so finally, when they tell you this, you go, oh, this is great. So now this explains events in your life right. and how you handle them. But our society frowns on it, and yeah. they don't want their heroes to, to have these issues. But unfortunately, I do. And you plowed through what? Three marriages? Yeah, I, yeah I've been well, that's one of the problems as a Christian is we have to deal with our failures yeah. and the shame of it all. Yeah. And I had to figure out that it's, it's okay for, for me to fail, but I don't want to be judged by you. And my friends, my friends back then judged me and were were harsh with me. I you mean, your Christian uh, friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a hard time with that. Sure, I had a real hard time with it, and and it ran it it, it ran me off. I got so angry with them from you know, the Christians
0: and exactly, God never exactly, yeah. yeah, the sure. whole
9: thing. It wasn't until um, ten years ago Father's Day that I really got saved. I mean, I I had a I had one of those um, great, wonderful salvation moments in my life. It was one of those moments where I knew that that God's spirit had moved into my heart and into my life and had grabbed and taken control of me, and you know what i couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't escape it because I learned that God forgave me, yeah, I did. See, now you may not, and they no, may not. No, don't do that to me. No, I'm, I'm using you. You're my I'm, object. You're right, my object. Thank
6: you very much. You're a lot bigger than I am. You're my object. You, you're right. Okay. But
9: but I I know for a fact that that God has forgiven me. And you know what? I forgive you, man. Okay, I mean, thank I, I, you. I, so yes. I had to forgive myself. All right. I'm not ashamed. Of who I am, nor should you be, or no. my or my personality. And when and when the depression thing came out, everybody says, "Well, how can you be depressed? You're right. you're such a funny guy." But depression doesn't rob you of your personality. Right. I actually was 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 with my um, ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, who had called the preacher, and we went from the front porch of my house over to the barn because that's where I was living at the time. In a barn. In a barn. Jesus was born in a stable. That's good. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah it was. So, you, I mean, you prayed. I was led through the through the Sinner's Prayer. It was pretty powerful. How did it change you? Well, what it did was it consumed me. Well, it, it consumed me, and uh, it still does. Yeah, still does. It How's uh, just everything that I that I have done, everything that I do, is is. Uh, to this day, all major decisions are all through prayer. Yeah, you know, I know me, and I know my heart, and I know what the Lord expects, and I know what a and I know what a Christian's supposed to act like. And but you can act it, sure you can. But do you really believe it? Yeah, well that's See, hypocrisy that's if you the, don't. Exact, exactly, yeah. and I know I believe it. Yeah, and that, and that makes me feel good.
3: Well, y'all heard a couple of testimonies so far. And uh, I thank God for testimony. I'm telling you the truth. Because one thing about it, what it shows me is that God can do anything. Because every testimony is not the same. And if he can do that for you, then he can do this for me. If he can do this for me, he can do that for you. And so what we learn to do is talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people because we want to always uh, let others know what God can do, what he has done, and many times what he's doing right now and what he will do. People need to know. But when we sit back and we don't say nothing, We just ride like everybody else ride. We acting like everybody else is acting. Many won't know because many times we're the only God that people are going to see because of where they've been, who they are, uh, where they go, you know, who they hang out with, what, what they're doing. So we're the only God that they will see. And if we're not shining that light, if we don't have that candle, that's high up on that hill that can't be hid. then many won't know. You know, day in and day out, sometimes we pass the same person on the job, in the community we live in, in different places. It may be the same place where you shop all the time, but you're in the cashier. You know, you've had her before as your cashier several times, but you never said anything to her. About God You never ask her anything About you know Her walk with God Uh, Even if she have a walk with God You won't know because You said nothing she's not going to say anything And especially If she don't know God She heard about him and She blew it off because Where is he I've needed him many times I didn't see no God So she don't know But when we say something, when we step forward, I used to ask people this question. I used to say, Hey, do you know Jesus? And sometimes people would say, Yeah, I know him. I said, Well, can you tell me about your walk with him? And sometimes they would say, Well, I don't have a walk with him. I just know about him. I don't I, I don't have that
8: experience.
3: You know, there are two. Uh, my grandmother said this about him. My granddad said that about him. My uncle was a preacher, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I never just gave him a try. I, I, I never considered that. I, I never really thought much about it. That right there is my calling card. That That's the door right there I've been looking for. Because right there is when I can tell her, you know, let, you mind if I tell you about my experience? And I go into sometimes I go into deep details, depending on who I'm talking to and how the Spirit of the Lord is leading me. So I go into these deep details and I tell them everything. And sometimes they say, no way, no way. Oh no, no, no. I say, yes, 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 it is true. He saved me from myself. He brought me out. I was in darkness, you know, or I I, I was acting like the world. You know, I didn't know any better. That's all I knew because I'm human. So I was really acting like a human, you know, being without a God. I said, but now that I found him, because he knew where I was all the time, but now that I found him, I decided to get to know more about him. And the more I learn about him, the better I become. I become a better person. Because the more I know about him, then the more I can do to receive from him. So when we sit around and uh, we just let our life be our life, and we don't consider anyone else. Now, at church, many who go to church, they you know, they can do some things at church, because it's a familiar place and everybody there know what you're there for, supposedly, you know. And it's not a place where I have to be ashamed because everybody know what's going on. But when we are out and about, there's no choir there, you know, praise team. There's no deacons there, no, you know, mothers or pastors or anybody there. It's just me and the stranger. What do I do then? How do I, you know, show Jesus? What is it that I should be doing? So, you know, and then sometimes the Lord bless me that I find a common ground. And what I mean about that, you know, let's say I'm at Walmart and I've shopped and the cashier ranging my groceries up and uh, she sees some chocolate. And she said, oh, that looks so good. What do you do with that kind of chocolate? You know, that's another calling card to open the door. And, uh, you know, I tell her what I do with it. Well, I make homemade brownies. And I love using Dutch chocolate for it. So I use this type of chocolate to make my brownies. You know, and I might brag on them a little bit how good they are. Not because I made them, but the recipe just make them good is what I tell her. And then, you know, I might use, you know, I make them for my church. You know, I make them and I give them away to people. You know, or whatever will indicate to her that I'm different. Whatever indicates to her, God is in my life. Because she may even ask me, well, why you do that? It's my key right then to let her know God loves a cheerful giver. And then I can ask her then, um, do you have a walk with the Lord? Of course not, because she never would have asked me that, you know.
4: So she'd say, no,
3: you know, I don't. Or, you know, I go to church, you know, but I'm not like you with all of that. So that's my cue, you know, to tell her what he loves and what he likes. And if he get what he likes, and what he loved, how much more he would give us what we like <laughs> and what we love. Oh, yes, he will. I'm a living witness. When your ways please him, there's nothing he won't do for you. Some things you don't even have to ask for. It is just an automatic. It just automatically comes with that. Listen, I pay my tithes and offerings. And faithful at it, the best that I possibly can. I try to tally it up right, make sure I don't take a penny less from him. If anything, I give more. Some days, I'm not looking for this. I'm not looking for that. He just bring it. Yeah, because I obeyed his word. So, you know, I share in many different places, many different things. I've been in a dollar tree. I, I, I've been in a family dollar. The line was long. It was one cashier then. The manager come and open up another cash register. I'm behind, a couple of people maybe behind the person that she's serving at the time. I'm waiting to be served. And the Lord said, tell her this, this, and that. And I just begin to tell her. Sometimes what she said, you know, she may say, um, I'm sorry, I'm moving as fast as I can. You know, if y'all can just have a little more patience for me, you know, I'm going to get you here. Or whatever she said. And then she may appear to be tired. And the Lord will tell me, you know, something to tell her to make her day go better. I remember this one lady, Miss Barbara, was her name. Older lady. Was older than I am. And she worked at the Family Dollar. She was a manager. This lady got heavy boxes. She got to put up stock. She was short-staffed. This way before COVID. And I was in the line. She opened up the other line, and I rushed over to her line because it would be shorter for me, and I could get her out of the store. And the Lord told me to tell this woman about her retirement and everything. You talking about happy and picked up speed in that life while she was popping it out, ranging the stuff up, bagging up people's stuff, and getting them out the line. A few months later, I go back in there. I don't see her. A few weeks later, let's say, I go back in there. I don't see her. So I asked about her, and the new manager told me she retired. You see that? She believed what God told her. She believed it. And she went on and retired. And I know she's good. I know she's good. Because God spoke it. And if he's speaking, it should surely come to pass. Listen, y'all, the old timers already know what I say about me and marriage. The old timers already know what I say. And yesterday I got a word a word and it said before the ending of the year i would be married it also said that the man that i would be ma- married would be stable financially now god know the very intent of my heart and he know if he says do it it's done he know that if he bring mr God lay along, he knows what I'm going to do. So if he spoke it, it should surely come to pass. And sometimes God will speak things out of your ordinary, not out of his, but out of your ordinary to make you stir up your gifts so that you can make your calling and election sure with him in everything. We prepare daily for the return of Jesus. And sometimes we have to prepare for the things on the earth. So God knows what's best for each of us. He knows what he's doing in us, through us, and for us. Many times we don't know. But he's never shocked. He's never surprised by anything. Why? The earth is his. The fullness thereof, the world invaded they that dwell there in. Why, Barbara? His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. And again, today, we want more of him. We want to be just like his son, Jesus. Anything that's not like Jesus, we don't want any of it. So we bind up right now every evil and hindering A negative spirit that's coming our way. Anything that's not Jesus, we bind it up and cast it back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. If God it, you know what it's going to do. It's got to go. Many days I called on him to do just that for me. Because sometimes you're tired. And when I'm tired, I'm no good. I don't don't think I'm friendly when I'm tired. So sometimes I have to call on the Lord to stand in my place. Oh, yeah, to stand in my stead, and he does. Hallelujah. He's that kind of God, and he loves us beyond our wildest imagination. I put it to the test. I've tried it. You heard me tell this testimony before. There was a day I had did some things. And I knew I was wrong. And he said, if you know it's wrong and you do it, it's a sin. So I had straight up sinned. And when I come to myself, I repented. And I, I, I was working on forgiving myself. I hadn't fully forgiven myself, but I was working on it. And he sent Pettis along, Darrell Pettis. And this was Daryl's song. I don't feel no way he's tired. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. And Darrell began to minister in the song, and he was ministering to me. Don't know me, never saw me, don't know if, if I listened to him or nothing, but God used him to minister to me. And he told me, no matter what you do, I won't let you go. Hallelujah. No matter what you do, Barbara, I won't leave you. I won't do it. I won't leave you. Yeah. And Daryl went on to say some things. He said, now this sounds real country, but it works. And I promise you he told me the truth that day. I instantly forgave myself. God brought me on up. Now, guess what? Recently, that same thing come back again. And the word said, when it come back, the house been swept clean. Don't let nothing back in there. And I believe I was
0: tired.
3: I believe I was tired and I could have been weary or something and I found myself back there again. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord. How did I get here? Went back in and repented. I know God forgave me, but this time it was a slow forgiving Barbara. It was a slow me forgiving myself. And today, I believe I'm still working on forgiving myself because, see, I pray and ask the Lord, when this thing come back around, don't let it find me in the same place. Well, it had been coming and coming. I'm telling you, it had been pouring in, but every time they come, the house had been swept clean. I refused to let anything in because they said when, they, when these spirits come back, it brings seven more with them, some fighting. But this particular day, I let it let it back in, and now I'm watching as well as praying. Oh, it's coming back again now. But the scriptures say if we resist the devil, he got to flee. He'll go away, but he gonna, he's coming back. He's gonna bring that that very thing that he know you're struggling with. That very thing he know that you are still getting over it. You're still battling with it. You're not doing it, but you're battling to keep from doing it. He'll keep bringing that thing back because he's hoping that's the very thing that makes you fall. And that you fall from grace, that you backslide. And he's banking on when you backslide and you die. When you backslide you can't get back. That's what he's banking on. But I know greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. So when a pastor says, you fight on, <laughs> keep your sword in your hand, and you fight on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It teaches us this, the scriptures. For principalities, wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness. Then it goes on down and it talks about letting nothing separate you from the love of God. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how deep you feel you is. I don't care how long you've been on your face, how much you hate evil and sin and wrongdoing. There are some things that will come. And it comes at an inopportune time is what I call it. It comes when you're tired. It comes when you're uh, going through something because it want to overtake you. And just like that particular day, I was tired, so I wasn't real careful. And it comes. Yeah. Oh, but look at here. God is faithful. And because he knows the very intent of my heart. And he know this is not my desire. That was not my desire. And he know that's not what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So he moved. So I know some things. And the enemy hate it. Yeah, I felt that evil present kick against it. Oh, but if God said it, it should surely come to pass. Whatever he said, if he said, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm the head and not the tail. If he said, I'm above and not beneath, I'm above and not beneath. If he said, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper, guess what? The weapons can come all they want to. He didn't say they wouldn't come, but they won't grow no bigger. It won't go nowhere. It can't do nothing to me because many weapons forms daily against us. Hallelujah. The people of God, Christians, believers, saints of God. Yeah, it comes daily. You see, because we made a choice to go all the way with God. And the enemy hate us. We left him come out of bondage, and got a heavenly father. So he don't like all this kind of carrying on. He don't like us praising God. He don't like us loving God. He don't like that worship. Or when we worship from a pure heart, in spirit and in truth, he hates that. Because it shows him more how he has lost the battle of this soul. You won't have this one. It belongs to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, and you know he's evil, so he tried to make a competition, but when God said He wished that none should perish, he wasn't in competition. He means that he wants us all to come to him, He wants us all to go back with him, He prepared a place for all of us that's willing to come, that's willing to sell out, <clears throat> excuse me unto him with our whole heart. Everything we got, we give it to God. Yeah. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank him this morning. So, look, we're going to one more testimony. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with 7 Peter, the first chapter.
8: I'm going to just share, you know, over these next 20 minutes uh, about my story and my journey uh, to what's happened you know, from the beginning to, to now Now I grew up in, in the United States of America in a Hindu Punjabi family Now uh, I've got one uh, fellow Punjabi brother over here I don't know how many other Punjabis there are here uh, But growing up in, in that family, uh, I, I was actually quite strong in my Hindu faith Almost more so than my parents uh, they were more nominal with the faith, but I was always the one that wanted to, to go to the temples, to to do the pujas in our homes. I was so committed to the faith to the point that I got Om tattooed on, onto my shoulder, which if any of you want to see it after the event, by all means, you can come and talk to me about it. Uh, but I, I was very committed to the faith. Now, about when I was about 14 or 15 years old, There was something happening in India, and I don't know if uh, many of you remember this, but there was this huge thing happening where Ganesh was drinking milk from spoons. And people were claiming that that Ganesh was blessing people. So I got a call from, uh, or my mother got a call from our masis in Mumbai, and and of course she and I got very excited. So we went to our our mandap, we went to to do our our puja and do all the different rituals, and 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 we were just super excited to, to go through this process. So my mother puts milk onto the spoon, and we both, you know, get ready for this. We close our eyes, and we lift the spoon up to the Ganesh statue, and we just waited, and we waited, and we waited. And then we opened our eyes, and the milk was still in the spoon. So she puts the spoon down. She looks at me, and she says, "Uh, Beta, looks like the gods aren't going to bless us right now. I went to school that day, angry, frustrated, and sad. And I start to ask questions in my mind. Why, why not? What, what is wrong with me? What did I do wrong? What didn't I do right? Why are the gods not going to bless us right now? So on that day, I made a decision. Now, there might be a god. There might be gods. There might be some sort of supreme being out there. You know, I still believe that. But for me right now, it's irrelevant. It's not that important to me right now. So in high school... I set a new goal for myself. My new goal was to become popular in school. And there were two ways to do that. One was to party hard, get into drinking, get into drugs, get into all those types of things. So that was one way to get popular. The second way was to become a top athlete in the school. I decided to pursue both. I partied hard. I was one of the biggest party animals in the school. I would dance and become the center of attention, break dance, all these different things. And I also became one, became one of the top athletes in soccer in my school. So this led me to become one of the popular guys in my school. So then later, I went into university. And then I wanted to become popular in, in college. And of course, what did I do then? I actually joined what's known as a fraternity. It's like a, it's like a, a society, like a brotherhood. And what do, the, what do these people do? Well, they party. And I was actually sick of the partying. I didn't want to do that anymore. But I, you know, in order to be popular on campus, I've got to do this. So I did it, and I became popular at my college campus. But I started to get really bored of this. I started to get really bored of the same old partying, the same old conversations. So I decided I'm going to set a new goal for myself. This time, I want to be successful. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be a business person. That was the new goal I was going to set up for. And we all want that to some degree, right? We want success in our life. Now, it was around this time that I met my future wife. Now, my wife is the daughter of a pastor. Now, I didn't even know what pastor was. When I heard pastor, I thought she was saying pastor like a, like a, like a sheep herder or something. I wasn't quite clear on that. But she was a pastor's daughter. Now, she grew up under very challenging circumstances, so she actually kind of went away from the faith to a large extent. She didn't want to have anything to do with the faith. She also wanted to pursue success. So she and I get together, and to seal her fate in this success-driven mindset, she marries the Hindu. So we get married, and we start launching different companies together. Now, in the beginning, we had our, you know, some failures. But by the time I was 22, we launched our first successful multimillion-dollar Internet company. And a couple in their early 20s, what do you expect them to do when they suddenly you know, achieve success and an abundance of resources? Well, we bought everything we could possibly have ever dreamt of. I started buying fancy sports cars. I started buying jet boats. I started buying different real estate properties. I started buying all kinds of different things. But didn't stop there. I started to show it off to everybody. I started to show it off to my friends, to my family members, to to the neighbors in our community. I was showing it off to everybody, and very quickly, we became the center of attention. Everyone in our community, everyone in our circles, started to look up to us. People twice my age started to look up to me. And once again, I, I, I felt like I made it. I did it. I achieved the goal I set out to achieve. But then, I needed a new goal. See, I I found myself constantly pursuing these different goals. I constantly took the goal marker and started shifting it around. I realized I kept pursuing this because I was never actually satisfied. There was this hunger, this longing that was happening inside me. And I was trying to fill that hunger with my achievements, with my success, with my popularity. And ultimately, I was trying to achieve filling of this hunger with my performance. But every single time, I was left dissatisfied. I was left unfulfilled. And look, we all go through some form of this. You know, every time we we, we hit the goal, every time we reach that, that 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 goal we're going for, we kind of are left with this. Well, I don't know. I thought this isn't enough. I want I want more than this. Or maybe you know you feel bored or restless or unfulfilled, or you start to question and think, well, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be something more. I feel like something's missing. Now for me, every time I went through those moments, I went through what felt like depression or, or a, a strong sense of dissatisfaction or a strong sense of unfulfillment. You see, I realized that a performance-driven lifestyle was filled with exhaustion. It was filled with bitterness. It was filled with frustration and anger and jealousy and at times a ready-to-give-up attitude. I realized that this performance-driven lifestyle was leading to a lifestyle of empty promises in my life. Now, it was around this time that my wife, in the community that we were living in, a woman, a neighbor, invited her to a Bible study. Well, she didn't really want to go, but eventually she decided, you know what, she's a friend. I don't want to offend her. I'll go. I'll go to the Bible study. And I said, yeah, sure, fine, let's go for it. So she starts going to this Bible study. And that's when God begins to work in her heart again. And that prompts her to start going to church. So she starts going to church. Then she invites me to church. And that's when, whoa, hold on. That's where I draw the line. You can do all these things, but no, no, no. I'm not going to church. Now at this stage, we had our first two kids. We have three kids, but at this point we had two kids. And I realized if religion was suddenly going to become a topic of conversation, and if I, want to, if, if I want her to respect my religion, if I want her to come to the temple with me at some point, well, I've got to go to church with her. So I did that. I went a few times. And actually, there was this one service. It was a Christmas service, big production, you know, performances, dances, this, this whole thing. We go to this service. And actually, my brother and his wife, who happens to be my wife's sister, so you guys follow that? Two brothers, married two sisters. Bollywood! Uh, they come with us to to the service. You know, the pastor preaches his message, and at the end of the message, he asks everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads down, and for those of you who accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand high and pray this prayer with me. So, of course, I kept my eyes open. I start scanning the room to see what suckers fell for this brainwash. And I look behind me. And I see my brother like this. Oh, man. I was furious. I was so angry. I, it was as if he just cheated on his family. He cheated on his roots. He cheated on his religion. Like, how could he do this? So after the service, I didn't tell him how I felt. But after the service, I told my wife, I said, Sarah, if you want to do the Bible study thing and the church thing, by all means, go for it. Feel free. But for me, leave me out of it. I'm done. He said, okay. Think it's over, right? No. A few days go by. It's the middle of the night. She wakes up, and she feels God is speaking to her. She feels God is telling her that a separation is occurring, that she's going in one direction and I'm going in another. So she starts crying out to God, God, what can I do? She feels God say to her, speak to him. Okay. In the morning, I'll talk to him. No. Speak to him now. I'm not waking up my husband in the middle of the night. That's a bad idea. I'll just talk to him in the morning. My phone rings. I wake up. I crawl out of bed. God says to her, I've woken him. Now speak to him. No one on the other line of my phone. So she starts talking to me. She starts sharing about how God's working in her life through this Bible study, through church, all these amazing things. Then she tells me how God is telling her that there's this separation occurring. And I lost it. I started yelling at her. I got so angry with her. I just started saying all kinds of nasty things. Because I thought she was trying to manipulate me into jumping on board with this whole God thing. Otherwise, we're going to end up divorcing. That's not what she was saying, but it's how I was perceiving it. So I just kept yelling and saying all kinds of nasty things to her and the last thing I said to her if God is showing you all these things and telling you all these things then why is he showing me nothing I'm done with this conversation I'm going back to bed so I crawl back into bed threw the blanket over me you're very angry very heated and I'm just like oh I can't believe this and that's when it happens that's when God began to reveal himself to me through visions now keep in mind. I was born and raised in the U.S. We are taught to question everything. We are cynical and skeptical about everything. But God is doing something that I just could not understand. He just starts showing me things. And I won't get into all of the the visions right now, but one of the last things that I saw was, was my hand reaching up and an old man's hand reaching down. And as the hands were coming closer and closer together, a gold chain appeared on his wrist, and that chain transferred from his wrist over to mine, and as it did, a gold cross appeared in the center. After the visions were done, I looked up at my ceiling, and we had a ceiling fan going as a noisemaker to help us sleep, not for temperature control. But my ears went deaf. I couldn't hear anything. And then I felt this very cool, clean, misty air just hover over me and exit to my left. And when it exited, my hearing came back. And I knew whatever just happened, it was finished. Now, while all that was going on, my wife had no idea. She just got yelled at by me. She's, she's laying in bed crying and crying out to God. And she's, she's asking God, God, there's got to be something we can do. My marriage can't end like this. God, there's got to be something we can do. I've got plans to, to do th- things for you, God. What can I do? And that's when God spoke to her and said, no, it's not just you. It's him. That's when God began to reveal to her how he's shifting my heart of stone and turning, softening it to flesh, and how he's drawing me to him, and how we'd be moving to India. So she was the first person to get the, the, the insight that we're going to be moving to India. She's not Indian. She's never been to India. So that was a big shock for her. Anyways, fast forward, next few days, we don't really talk. You know, I, I kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm a little freaked out by what happened, and I'm trying to think this through, but eventually I share what happened with her, and this propels me on a journey to figure out for myself what's going on. Who is this God that's talking to me? This is, this is not something I've ever experienced before, but, 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 I, but I believe what it, whatever is happening is real. It's happening. It's, it, it's clearly something of a supernatural. So what is it? Who is it? I started diving deeper into Hinduism, studying the different Vedic scriptures. I started diving into the Quran because really... I want to disprove my wife. I didn't want her to be right. I was trying to disprove that this had anything to do with the, with, with the God that she talks about. I was trying to disprove this had anything to do with Jesus, the Bible, or Christianity. But continually, time and time again, as I'm going through this journey over the next few months, God would talk to me in these radical ways. He would do things to, to reveal things to me about people in, 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 different people in my life, about my family members. He would do things to reveal things about myself, about my own heart. There was this one moment. I woke up one morning, and I said, okay, God, I want, I, I want to know deeply what's going on, but I have a question as well. How do I pray? Like, I grew up doing pujas and doing all the different rituals, but, but this is different. I don't understand this. So how, how do I even pray? So I decided that morning to drive to the Hindu temple and to get answers, speak to the pundit and get some answers. So I'm waiting in the queue, and as I'm waiting in the queue, I'm standing next to his library, and I'm looking at the library, and I notice that there's a Bible on the bottom shelf. I'm thinking, why, why is there a Bible in the Hindu temple? So I look at it, and I'm, like, I'm contemplating, I'm thinking, should I touch it, should I not? I don't want to burn my fingers, I don't want to disobey my, my other gods. Okay, let me, let, me just, let me just look at it. So I pick it up, and there's an OM bookmark in the Bible. I'm like, oh, okay, God's talking to me. This is clear now. There's an OM bookmark. Clearly, he's talking to me. I open up to the bookmark page, and on the top, it says how to pray. And it was the Lord's Prayer, which was mentioned earlier today. So I read the Lord's Prayer. I close the Bible, throw it back on the shelf, and I run back home, and I just start praying. Now, at the time, I was just repeating that prayer over and over again. Because so I didn't know any better But I just started praying that prayer Through this journey God eventually revealed to me That we'd be moving to India Didn't know why Didn't know what we were supposed to do Didn't know anything about that Just knew we had to go And I was listening I, I didn't care about, about our businesses anymore I didn't care about our possessions anymore All those things for me Became very meaningless All I wanted to do Was follow this God that's talking to me And he's saying go to India I'm ready to go Just didn't know where so after a family dinner, I, uh, well, actually on the way to the dinner, I stopped by our office and I told my wife, I'm going to print out a map of India and somehow on this map, God's going to tell us where to go. So we, we, we drive uh, to the dinner and after the dinner, we, we come back and I just parked the car outside and I stepped out of the car and I just start praying. start praying out to God and I feel that God tells me, go back in the car and pray with your wife. Okay. At the same time, God was telling my wife, that Rajiv has not accepted him yet, which troubled her because everything I was doing, the way I was acting and talking, everything seemed like I had. So we got in the car. I shared this with her. I told her, you know, what you're hearing is is correct. I'm talking to this, you know, about this God as God, but I never said the name Jesus. Not once did I say the name Jesus. We prayed. I went outside. At this point, I am crying. I, I'm just in this desperate emotional state, and I'm crying out to God, and I'm saying, God, what is it you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Just give me some clarity in this. And that's when I looked up at the sky, and I saw a figure come down. Head, shoulders, no facial features, just this bright white light in the shape of a person. And then I saw two hands come out in front, and the hands spread apart, and when the hands spread apart, I could see millions and millions of people in India, And I heard God say that I love you so much. Now I need you to share my love to the people in India. I need you to proclaim the gospel to the people in India. When I heard that, and when I saw that, I realized that this God who's speaking to me, it is in fact Jesus. He is the God, the one and only God, and He's my God and he loves me even though i spent my life rejecting him even though even in those those short few months while he was speaking to me i was trying to reject him but he loves me and he loves you and he wants others to know the truth of what the gospel is which is this that we while we while god designed us and ideated us in our minds in his mind That He has created us in His image. So in a sense, we are good in that way. But we also inherit sin. We also inherit guilt and shame and condemnation. We also inherit corruption. Every good thing we do, everything has been tainted by sin. And we need rescuing. I needed rescuing. He revealed to me the issues of my own heart why I was pursuing success, why I was pursuing popularity, why I was pursuing all those things, is because I wanted people to worship me. I, want, I wanted the glory. But when I see that God is, is a God who is personal, a God who communicates, I realize how small I was, yet at the same time how special I was in His eyes. So special that He would send His Son to Jesus to die on my behalf and be raised again so that I could actually have a new, renewed, transformed life. You see, as I look back in my life, I realize that all those pursuits, like I said, were to, were, was my way for others to worship me, to elevate myself. But today, all I want to do is elevate Jesus in the eyes of people. All I want to do is help others see that the the thing we we long for, the thing that that we're hunting for, that we're searching for, that fills that void, is fulfilled in Jesus. Like I said earlier, living this performance-driven lifestyle, it led to a life of empty promises. But living a Christ-centered lifestyle leads to fulfilled promises. Living a Christ-centered lifestyle leads to a life of peace, power, and purpose. Jesus is the true source of peace and power and purpose. With Jesus, we have stability knowing who we are, what we were made for, knowing that nothing can ever change the fact that that we will never, ever be separated from God from now and forever. So we can have peace in that. We can have stability in that. And that brings about an energizing power in our life. Not the kind of worldly power that we try to search for through our success and achievements, but a godly power that that inculcates everything in our entire being. And then from there, we get to live out our true purposes. The purposes that God designed us for in the first place. So I leave you with that. I leave you with the fact that my life was transformed from a performance-driven lifestyle to a Christ-centered lifestyle, leading me to le- live a life of peace, power, and purpose that can only f- come from the true creator and redeemer of the world, Jesus Christ. Thank you.
3: hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, no matter what, if God be for us, he is more than the whole world against us. And a lot of times we want what we want and we want to have it the way we want to have it. We want to do what we want. We want to be rich. Uh, we want people to worship us and not God. And many times, uh, is what we want, but we don't even know this is what's going on. I heard this man say it was a double take on this. I had to come back and play that testimony a second time. But listen, he wanted to be worshipped by people. He wanted to be looked up to, you know, for his accomplishments and what he had, he said him and his wife, you know, they opened the business and they was in their twenties and they was doing so good. You know, he wanted everybody to know what he had and what he had going on until older people, older than him, was, you know, looking up to him. And that made him feel on top of the world. He felt like, you know, in other words, I don't arrive. I got everything. I'm good. But he had everything but God. And let me tell you something. When you got everything but God, you're not happy. You got the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. You got the car. You got money. Uh, you, you just got what the average person does not have. But you're not happy. A lot of times you don't sleep well at night. Yeah. Then sometimes, guess what happens? Sometimes an uncurable disease will show up, an uncurable sickness. And sometimes it's like this. Now, other people got the same sickness, and when they tried certain treatments on them, they were healed. But you got all of this money and everything else, and they tried the treatment on you, and it didn't work. Huh? You couldn't be healed from that treatment that healed others because we need God to make it. Again, this morning, without him, we can do nothing. We're not going nowhere, and we're not getting nothing done without God. We wouldn't be here. We can't breathe on our own. I can't walk on my own. I can't see. I can't hear. I can't do anything, basically, without him. Because of him, I have my being. Because of him, I can move, I can walk, I can hear, talk, see, think. I can do all of these things because of him. And I know many times it feels like we doing it. Yeah, I think to move my feet and I just move them. But that's because of him today. Hallelujah. And we give him glory. We give him the honor. And we give him all praise because he's more than worthy. Hallelujah. Of the glory the honor, and all the praise. Yeah. And you know what? I've talked about this, and I was mentioning uh, holy boldness. And we need to pray for uncommon courage in God. That's going to be my prayer, to uncommon courage in him. I can go anywhere at any time and talk about him. Somebody might say, hey, hey, that's not allowed in here. Okay. (laughs) But if
4: I'm in here, he's in here.
3: And if I'm willing to talk about him, he's going to open the door and make a way so that I can talk about him. When he has become your everything, when he is your everything, you can leave him out. Yeah, you can't leave him anyway. You you got to have him. Yeah, you got to have him. You got to have him. And you know you got to have him. Yeah. So it's Testify Friday, and, and I'm going to open the studio. And uh, if anyone have something this morning they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in today and uh, share with us. God has done Something for all of us. Well, he's done everything for all of us, really, because without him, it wouldn't be accomplished. He gives us the right to have a choice. Yeah, we have a a a a free mind, really, to do whatever it is that we decide that we would like to do. Many times, he don't stop us. Sometimes he may send a warning, and we, you know, we don't take heed to the warning, then destruction comes, and it's not God punishing us, but it's what we've done. Yeah, I learned that. Oh, this wasn't God that punished me. I punished myself because of what I did. Mm -hmm. Had I not done that, then I wouldn't be into this. Oh, yeah, I learned over the years. I learned. When when I uh, was sentenced to go to prison, I didn't sit back and accuse the judge, the prosecutor. Now, I accused me because I knew. And over and over again, they tried to give me a chance. They tried to warn me. Oh, I just wasn't going to take heed. I was going to do it my way. And then I got to see, uh, they're not going to give you your way anymore. (laughs) Your way has come to an end, my friend. It's over with for your way, because my way wasn't right. And while all of this is going on, you see, I never considered the people who worked at the bank and what they must have gone through, you know? I never considered them. You know, how did that affect their job? Did they get in trouble over that? No, I didn't consider that. I considered all I wanted. Yeah, this is what I wanted to This is how I'm doing it. So the Lord blessed me to come out of a lot of the foolishness, a lot of the nonsense. God blessed me to come out of there, give the devil back all his tools. And he blessed me with the right mind. Today I can say I wake up closed in my right mind. I have the use and activity of my limbs. I have my life, my health, and my strength. And I'm grateful unto God. Yeah. I give him credit for it all because I know I couldn't do it. No way. No way. I don't have the mentality. I wouldn't have the wisdom, the knowledge of how to do these things. Only him. A lot of people say, oh, girl, you're smart. No, man. (laughs) That's God. That's not Barbara. No need for me trying to take the credit like you know, I know so much about the internet. I know so much about blog talk. No, I don't know all of that. All that you see, that is Almighty God because he loved you. He loved you today. And so he put things in place to bless you. Yeah, it's not how smart I am. What I can get done and I oh no, no, no. I can't take that credit. I must give it to God. Hallelujah. And I am grateful unto him and thankful unto him again this morning. Without him, I can do absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God bless you. God bless you, Irene. God bless you. (laughs) You enjoyed that song. Okay. I like to know that kind of stuff. You know, who's being blessed by what? Because sometimes people don't say nothing, you know. And uh, But I just trust God and keep it going because it's not based on people or what people think, really. Yeah, his will must be done. Oh uh, yeah. And again, I'm grateful unto him. Okay, Sister Jerry, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning.
4: God bless you. I- Good morning, Sister Barbara. I am well. I am blessed. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. I just want to come on the line and tell God thank you. Thank you for when I'm feeling at my very lowest. I'm still not too low for him to pick me up. I want to tell God thank you. When I feel like I'm at the end of the road, there's still some more roads. That I'm going to be traveling on So Father God In the name of Jesus I thank you I thank you for all that I've gone through It's really been nothing You know Because trials come to make you strong I, I was feeling Some kind of way And blah 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 But I never cursed God I just said God I know that I know that you are here no matter what I'm feeling. Feeling some type of way, trying to get Kevin on his way, feeling like not all my children going to be gone. That's not nothing for me to think about, except what God allows. If God is getting ready to take Kevin to his new facility, that's good. At least I see what's going on for him before I go to glory. Except what God allowed. When I got Al and Calvin, father died a year after I got him. But at least he saw them come to his sister's house to be raised. God is going to allow me to put Calvin where he needs to go. And not allow me to go on to glory without him having nowhere. That's God does not do incompletion He does completion The number seven means completion I didn't write the story of my sisters and brothers But they live by the sword So they must die by the sword I can't change what they're doing you know, sister, me sitting over here crying, oh, my sister, dude, and my brother, babe. it's okay. I just tell God, in your will. Sometimes we have to go to jail to learn some stuff. Keep her in your will. That maybe you got in jail, Lord God, so that way she can get off the drugs. But they tell me the more drugs inside than outside, so I don't know. But I thank God, whatever he's doing in this season, to me, to my children, my grandchildren, I thank you, Lord. I'm in no position to judge you or to change you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to keep me in your perfect will. And thank you, Sister Barbara, for opening up the mic.
3: Amen. Amen, Sister Jerry. God bless you. God bless you this Mm -hmm. morning. I wanted to go back and, well, let me do roll call today because it's been a minute. So, since I did roll call, so I want to do that today, and I did want to go back and uh, look at 2 Peter, but I wanted to open the mic uh, so that if anyone has something they would like to share this morning, they could, because it is Testify Friday, the original, yeah, the real Testify Friday, hallelujah. So, listen, good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Mira Ann. Good morning to your sister Samoa and uh, Sister Laura in California. My God David, Good morning, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah. And um good morning to your sister Andrea Spinner and uh, Sister Sion, Sister Rita this morning. God bless you. Sister Angela Foot. God bless you. God bless you. It was so good to hear from you yesterday. Tell your mom I said hello. Hello. She don't bother me because she know I'm always busy. But uh, tell her I said hello and God bless her. Thank God this morning. Thank God. Good morning to you, uh, Sister Sylvia Joe Jones. God bless you this morning. And uh, Sister Irene, good morning to you. And good morning to you, uh, Pastor David. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning, Brother Louis, and Brother Jermaine and uh, Brother Anthony, Brother D this morning. And uh, good morning, Brother George West-Terry, Brother Lee Hamilton, Brother Mike Hopps, Sister Kim Hopps. Uh, Good morning to you, Irene. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Good morning to you, Sister uh, Lisa and Sister Patricia Fluker, Sister Michelle. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Brother Cal. Good morning to you, Brother Justin Gilmore and Brother Marquez Griffin. I got to hear from Brother Griffin. I keep forgetting to call him and check on him. And I hope I didn't leave any other sisters out this morning, our brothers. But God bless you. God bless you to the newcomers. God bless you. We thank God for you tuning in. And if this is your first time, uh, we give God glory and honor for you tuning in. And uh, we just like to come every morning at 7 a.m. It's a form of our devotion and our daily church service. We go to church every day <laughs> right here. And so it's our purpose is to lift up the name of Jesus. He said if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. So we want to lift him up each morning. Hallelujah. And so we're thankful unto Almighty God. We give him Glory. We give him the honor and praise. So I just wanted to go and just take a quick look at 2 Peter, and that's that first chapter. And starting at verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's talking to the church. He's talking to those who have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, to those that come to God believing and believing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's who Peter is talking to here. Grace and peace, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Oh, I like all of that right there. Grace and peace be multiplied. You get more. It, it, it keeps going unto you through the knowledge of God. We got to get to know God. We got to get to know about God and our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, these things are important. These things are very important. It's going to help you in your walk with Him. It's going to help you in your spiritual walk your Christian walk, your believing walk, it's going going to help you. Verse three says, according as his divine power has given unto us all, all things it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So God has given us all we need through his son, Jesus Christ. Knowing him, according to his divine power, he gave all things to us that we need. uh Whatever you need, you, you can get it. You can get it through prayer. You can get it through studying the word. So if we get it through the word, it's still God. If we get it through prayer, he had the answer. It's still through God. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. And I'm looking at a godly life. Because if we're walking according to the word of God, we're going to live, a, and we obey obeying, we're going to live a godly life. I heard, heard Morris Cirillo talk about revelations, and it kind of touched me a little bit. He said, we got this book of Revelation, and we we pick and choose and pull out what we want. We don't look at the whole thing of what God is saying over there. And I went back in my mind, and I started looking at them churches. Yeah. So we we, got to go back to the old path as often as possible and take a look around. So we need to go over the Revelation and take a look. And see if we can find ourselves in error over there, anywhere. Cause I, 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 what I do, and it's not for everybody. Everybody, you know, today have their own way and this and that. But look, I, I, I line myself up against what the word says, and see if I can find myself in the word. Over in Revelation, he's talking about those churches, and I try to see which church am I. <laughs> Ah, yeah, because one of them, he told him, go back and do your first work over. And when I tell you God has said what he meant, and he meant what he said, it's no joke. We play around, but God is not playing. Yeah. In, In that first chapter of Revelation, it talks about those churches, those seven churches. And as you read on, it's going to list the name of those churches. And I put myself up against them to see if I can find out which church, you know, am I, if I'm in that number. Yeah. Read a little further. Go on to the second chapter. You're going to get to see a little more. You know, he he let us know that he's Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And he told John. Because John was out on the Isle of Patmos and it says that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And and he, he was the right and he sent it to the seven churches. Yeah. In Asia, uh, unto Ephesus, Smyrna, and, and Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. See, these are seven churches he so we need to line up. We need to look at that and see which church are we. Because he tells each church about themselves. He tells the church what problems he got with each one of those. And we are the church. We are the spiritual church of God. We are the churches that he's coming back looking for uh huh, without spot or wrinkle. So look. Peter giving us some good information here. Verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Oh, I like that right there. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Boy, that lust, let me tell y'all something. That thing is something serious. It's nothing for God. But for the man that say lust, oh, lust is no big deal. He's a line of truth that's not in him. And when I say man, I mean the generic term, man or woman. It can be lust for food, lust for money, lust for clothes. Yeah, it's not just sexual lust now. There are many lusts for things. Your child may be in a sports And you lusting after them being the winner you you lusting after them Going to nationals. You want the team to go But not as much as you want your child To go Everything you can do to build that child up To go That's what you're doing You're spending thousands of dollars Because you're lusting after something Yeah Men lust after women They spend plenty of money On prostitutes why? They listen. They really want that. And besides this, giving all diligence. Giving all you got, Paying close attention. Always on it. Always on it. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue knowledge. He's giving us a formula here to use. And to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren or barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a formula. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Is where I am on verse 8. He gave us a perfect formula here. And if we apply this formula to our everyday life, we won't be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. You'll know about God. You'll know about his word. There will be many things you have wisdom on. You will understand many things. Because you applied this formula. You added to your faith. See, faith is the first, because faith is the key to God. That's how you get into him. Again, today, those of us that come to him, we must believe. That's faith. That's the first key. We must believe that he is. And that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we add to our faith virtue. And to virtue, we're going to add knowledge. How do I get knowledge of God? I got to seek him. I got to study his word to know him. How do we learn about movie stars? They put it out there for us. You can find it in Cowboys, You can find it in writings. The newspaper, magazines. Some people got a favorite actor, a favorite entertainer. They follow these people to the last letter. They read about them. They look at the videos about them. This is how I learned God. I read about him. I study about him. There are videos out, movies out, that when you look, read the word as you're watching the movie, you can see that it line up with the word. Now, if it don't line up with what the word says, I got to drop it. But there are some so close because they played the part according to the scripture. So we're going to add to our faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. And let me tell y'all about that patience. Ooh, he said let patience have a perfect word. But that patience is not always easy. And we got to have a lot of that. Other than the key faith, we got to have a lot of patience. Because God don't always come poof instantly. We got to wait on it. And it takes patience. And to patience, godliness. And to patience, godliness. God just don't do any and every kind of old way. You'll never catch God sitting up gossiping. You won't catch him cussing. You you, you won't catch him over drinking. You you, you won't catch him just doing any and every old thing. He's holy and he's righteous. So now he's teaching us, and to patience, we got to add godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. What? I got to be nice. Yeah, you got to be kind-hearted. Brotherly kindness. Now, the way I treat my oldest brother and the way I treat Alan is going to be different from any other brothers. Except for them godly brothers, my spiritual brothers. Because he said to be especially good to the members of the household of faith. But now, they believers. And they're my biological brothers. So I'm going to be kind to them. But add to godliness, brotherly kindness to everybody. And to brotherly kindness, charity. That's a love and giving charity. That's a love and giving. Eight says, and if
4: these things
3: be in you, and abound listen if virtue knowledge temperance patience godliness brotherly kindness and love and giving is in you if they are bound in you if they're deep in you if these things have become a part of you they make you that you're neither you neither that they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ you're not going to be empty without the knowledge of the Lord. you won't be unfruitful but you'll be fruitful you'll have plenty you'll know plenty about him but you got to spend some time with him you got to spend some time in his word. And even before you get in his word, you need to spend time with him because you need to pray, asking for wisdom. we back again today, looking at James chapter 1, verse 5. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God that gives liberally and upbraideth not. Verse 9 says, but he that like these things is blind. Now, I didn't say it. This is what God inspired James to write. I simply believe it. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. If you forgot faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, you're blind. And you can't see afar off. And you forgot that he purged you from your old sins because this is not where you are. This is not where you're remaining with these things that God said add to your faith because we come to him believing that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. But it goes beyond faith. We got to do a little bit more, a lot more really. So you done forgot that he cleaned you up from your old sins. Are you running this race in your, in, in your flesh, in the natural? You're not running it spiritually. 10 says, wherefore the rebel brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should never fall. You'll never fall from grace. And what I mean by that, you won't backslide. I'm not saying we don't have shortcomings because we will have shortcomings, but we won't straight up just outright sin because God will forgive. Now, that's not what we want to do. We're trying to make God a liar then. Verse 10, wherefore the brother, brethren, give diligence, Give all your attention that you can to make your calling and election sure. But if you do these things, you should never fall. 11 says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. I want to see that right there more and more and more into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah,
3: I got an entrance in. He come and he saved me. It was him that sanctified me. He set me aside unto himself. And it was him that gave me the gift of his spirit. It's a gift. 12 says, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them and be established in the present truth. And I know some people say, oh, she always talking about that. She bring that every day. That's what she talk about. I'm like, okay then, okay. But he said, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. It's my job to remind you. 13 says, yeah, I think it means, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. 14 says, knowing that shortly I must put off this, this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Yeah, I'm going to leave here one day. But those that truly love me, those that truly enjoy me, those that truly enjoy talking to me, uh, you know, they can call me and then uh, we can laugh. one day I got to go. And you won't be able to call me and say, hey, Sister Barbara, what this scripture talking about? Hey, Sister Baba, where that scripture at that you said that I'll be gone? So I'm bringing things to your remembrance now. Yeah, as often as possible. Yeah. 15 says, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Now, I, somebody, it may not be a scripture that they remember, but they should remember the word of God. But I went to church with a young lady. Her name was um, Maggie. And Maggie wore the nicest leather coats ever. I mean, the maxi ones I love, the ones all the way down past her ankle. Looked like them coats just hit Maggie just right. I wanted one of those leather maxi coats. And one day I got this. This was like, ooh, I know. Probably over 20 years later, I got to see Maggie and say hello to her. She said, do you know what I remember you for? I said, what's that? He said, your saying was always this. I'm with you when you're right. I thought all that thing. And many have told me that. I remember that. You would say, I'm with you when you're right. Now, I'm not with you when you're wrong. But I'm right there all the way when you're right. Yeah. And see, she remembered that. I'm sure, you know, she may have remembered some testimonies that I got up and, you know, testified to. But we want to remember what the Word of God taught us, what the men and women of God is teaching his word to us. That's truth. That's truth. You got a lot of watered down foolishness out here. You got a lot of watered down prosperity. I'm going to get it. Work three jobs. Uh, uh, do Uber and anything you can. Just get that money and bring it to the church. You got all kind of stuff. Pay your tithes and all. But I want you to remember the word of God to live by daily, to apply to your everyday life. And I promise you, you're going to be better than ever. Better than ever. 16 says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were our witnesses of his majesty. Woo. I tell you by experience. I'm not telling you what my pastor preached to me and what the Sunday school teacher taught me. I'm telling you by personal experience. I accepted him for me. I asked him to come into my heart and live forever. I decided to study his word. I decided to get to know him more. I decided to seek his face and turn from the wicked ways. He's the one that will hear from heaven forgive my sins and heal the land. I decide to lift him up because if he be lifted, he'll draw all men. Here's some things we got to do. Ah, but look at here. But we have not followed cunningly devised favor. See, I'm not giving you something that sounds witty and it sounds, you know, hip. It sounds smart, you know, I've been to the seminary. I'm not giving you that. I'm telling you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've been a witness to the move of God, the things of God. Yeah. And some of us, we want it all kind of, we, you know, I need him to speak more eloquent. I need her to cross every T and dot every I. Let me tell you, hell is hot, and you better get it while you can. And pray and ask God to understand it. If any man likes, I don't care what I bring, if you're lacking wisdom on it, pray and ask God. For the wisdom, stop leaning to your own understanding. Stop letting your mind go all the way out there. A lot of people messed up. they in bad situations because they didn't choose to control their minds, to keep it in a certain area. Put on the whole arm of God. I'm talking to the believer. So we can stand against the wiles of the devil, even in our mind. Because our mind going to tell us to do some things. Yep, it all starts in our mind. But I want to give you the truth. I don't want to give you foolishness. I don't want to give you eloquence. I don't want to give you uh eloquence. I, I I want to give you the truth of God, the truth of his word. And it's not according to the modern day and this new wave, new age stuff. we going back to the old path as often as I can. I want you to look around so you can choose this day whom you're going to serve. Which way you going to go? Are you going for right or are you going for wrong? Are you going for good or are you going for evil? The choice is yours. But I brought you the truth. I gave you what God would have me to give you. I didn't give you Barbara Pittman chapter 8, verses 32 and 33. That's not what I did. I gave you the word of God, Genesis and Revelation. Hallelujah. 17 says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 18 says, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. mount. Yeah, they was up there with him, remember? And then after that, One of them got to talking about where we should build three temples. One for you. and (sighs) Foolishness. Foolishness. Yeah, we following Jesus, the real Jesus. But sometimes that's all we're doing is following. We're not truly allowing him to lead us. We're not seeing where he's taking us and take heed and apply his word. We're not doing all of that now we just going to give him so much. And the teller, I said, we ain't got to do all that. They don't take all of that. As the older people back in my day used to say, sugar pie, <laughs> you got to do that, do that, and a lot more. Nobody's skating and slipping and sliding off into heaven. To whom much is given, much is required. It was much that you got saved. That was much given to you. Now some things require. We require to pray. We require to study. We require to love. We require to give to others. We're required to be kind to others, especially the members of the household of faith, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. We got to have patience for them, show virtue, and let it be real. Because we want these things to be in us and abound. And then look what he said in 18. I mean 19. I like that. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. 19 says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. You don't have to run behind a word when you're living right, when you're studying the word of God, when you got a real prayer life, when you done heard from God. You don't have to run behind the prophet and the prophet is somebody, A word. That's temporary. We want that eternal word. We want a word that's going to last us through our eternity. When nobody else is around, that word show up. When no one else is around, that word do the work for us. See, let me tell you, so you can tell empty people, you can tell people that are not staying with God and staying in his word and walking according. They always want an instant word. I, I, I've had people to write me, call me, you got a word for me? Yeah, get in them 66 six books and stay until he feeds you. I was just calling to see if the Lord had a word for me today. Girl, you don't have to call me. Man, you don't have to call me about a word. If God got one for you, he going to have me to call you. Some way, somehow, if I'm the vessel he going to use, some way, somehow, he going to connect us. Because I'm going to be obedient, and he wants you to hear what he got to say. Sometimes I heard him concerning people, and I said, "Let me." the Lord said, no. Hold up. They're calling you. In less than a minute, the phone said, ring. And when I look at the call ID, I laugh. (laughs) I laugh. Why? He spoke. I was going to call them. He said, no, they calling you. And in a few minutes, they called to get what he got for them. You don't have to chase God down. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be happy. But he also wants you to be right, holy, and righteous. Yes, he does. And he wants you obeying his word. He wants you to get more love in you. How do I do that, Barbara? You got to be willing. That's all. Be willing to get love. For God is love. The more God you put in it, the more you can love others. Yeah, 19 says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Well, unto ye do well, that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and and the day star arise in your hearts. In your hearts. Nothing stays the same with time. Everything is going to change. He said in your heart. See, today, it could be a good day. Tomorrow could be a little rough. The next day can be rougher than yesterday was. But one thing we know, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. Let's live for right now. Let the word of God hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Let the word get in you. And, and, and practice, I told you I come from a place they taught me, perfect practice makes perfect. Begin to practice at any situation come up, good or bad, let the word of God come up in you. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. You know, some days I don't realize what I have. I'm humble unto God. I, I don't realize what I have. Because I am always want to stay at his feet right there at his toenails. I don't want to look up at his ankle because sooner or later I want to look up his leg, all the way up his thigh, up his stomach, all the way in his face. So I try to remain humble right there at his feet. And it's him that will show me because he don't want us to exalt our own self. Don't think more of yourself than you ought to. It's what his word says. But even as I'm speaking, the Lord is showing me things. And I thank him for it. Hallelujah, because it's truly not me. It is him. 20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And you know, that's what folks looking for. Whisper in my ear. Tell me something I want to know. Well, I may have to tell you what you don't want to know, which is get right with God. And listen, all liars go into hell. So if you don't like the truth, then that means you like lies. And that means you'll tell something. Yeah. Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Anybody can get from the scriptures. Anybody can be blessed, uncommonly blessed from the word of God. Uncommon miracles will work for you through the word of God. Out of those 66 books, not one word or a few words, uh, well, sister, you're going to get the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. I know the mortgage company wouldn't approve you, and they say you couldn't do it. Your credit score wasn't enough. God said go here and apply. He's going to bless you with over here. he's not going to send you to a a mortgage company. Mortgage company, he's sending you to a lender. And they're not going to have a high interest. Oh, God told me to tell you, yeah, you're going to sell your house. But he said before you sell your house, go look at this house and put a bid on that one and talk to the people and let them know as soon as this one sells, you come in for that one. And he said you got $10,000, give it to these people for the new house. They're going to hold it for you. And when you clear your house, they're going to put that $10,000 towards your house down payment. Okay, you got say it's a program for you. Yeah, the people are going to call you so they can give you your down payment. You won't, all, all, all kind of ways God moves. God have had me to tell folks, go back and do your first work over. Yeah, all kind of stuff. Put the bottle down. Some preachers put the weed down. You don't need it no more. You got to let it go. God done not call you to a work and you made a step. It's better you don't make a start than make a start and look back. Oh, All kind of stuff. And let me tell you, he is a God of organization. And he don't just put your business out there any kind of way. Yeah. I used to go to the radio station with the senior bishop. I would teach the word that Sunday morning and he would prophesy. Listen. (laughs) Dolly heard nothing yet. He passed away. Before he passed away, I left Birmingham and came to Florida. And he went to Atlanta. Listen. If this man told you it was going to rain and the sun is up like it's high noon, don't go out the door without the umbrella. He said when he started doing things in Jesus' name, it came stronger for him. God, the move of God in him became stronger. Yeah. The last verse says 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I'm reading out the King James Version, so you know I'm just wrong. But listen, it didn't come by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that's the same thing that they, If God don't move, I can't give you nothing. If the spirit don't give me nothing, you can call me all day and all night. You won't get nothing. But if we'll go back up here, yeah, going on back up. And go back up to that fifth verse. And giving all diligence. I mean, continue, work on it. Every time you turn around, you, you, you're doing it. You, you, you're praying to have, get it done. You're praying that it'll be in you to do it. Listen, go ahead and add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For well, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you're neither, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to know him. Stop conjuring up things in our mind. what well, it could, shoulda, woulda. It might. Nope, nope, nope. Do these things so you can make your calling and election sure. You know beyond a shadow of doubt, God is. And you know who he is and how he is. Yeah. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there anyone else have something they would like to say this morning, if not I will pray. So, hey brother D, brother D. <laughs> God bless you this morning, brother D. Good to see you. Good to see you. I appreciate you popping in so I can see that number. Yes, sir. Make my day. I got to get with brother Frank and his box is sitting in there on the table. I showed it to Sister Spinner. I got to get his box in Nevada. Matter of fact, I may get that out today. Hallelujah. All right. If no one else have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out this morning. We pray God bring us back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And uh, after the prayer, I play the last song of the morning. And uh, after this, I won't be coming back. And uh, I got you. I got you on your request. I'm going to play it at the end of it. Oh, God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for every testimony. But Lord, we're testifying of your goodness. We want the world to know that you're a savior and that you're sweet. And more than sweet, God, you're honest, you're pure, you're kind, you're merciful, you're loving and full of grace for us. You sent your son. You only began to suffer, to hang, bleed, die, conquer all, and rise with all power. For us, you found a way to redeem us back to you. And we're thankful unto you this morning, Father. And today as we depart, Father, I ask that you would touch every family member, every household represented here, bless today. Stir up the gifts in your people. Those that have forgotten the way, God, lead them back to the right path. In the name of Jesus, touch and heal this morning. Touch and heal bodies, oh God. You took the beating for the healing of the nation. You heal all matter of sickness and disease. With your stripes, by your stripes, Father, we believe in that we're already healed in the name of Jesus. Bless today, those that are coming through the archives and the podcast. Father, bless us all as only you can do. Move this weekend in uncommon ways for us. Open uncommon doors and send out uncommon miracles for your people this weekend in the name of Jesus. Send uncommon finances, Father. You know what your people are trying to do. You know the desires of their hearts. Move in a mighty way. Ask that you would bless each and every one that comes to Jesus in the morning, that comes to Freedom Doors Ministries, God. Everything that I'm a part of, where people come, ask that you would bless it today and bless those people in the name of Jesus. Move on to prayer club today, the prayer request club. Bless your people there, God. they seeking you. That's why they come looking for prayer. Help today, Father. And anyone over there that's not on one accord, God, we ask that you would remove them out of the prayer club. Move them, God. They're a hindrance. We want to be on one accord in the name of Jesus. We don't have favorites. We're not picking and choosing. Or we're seeking you in the name of Jesus. Bless Brother Louis, God. Always faithful, always faithful to the chat room. Bless his household. Bless Sherry, God. Touch and heal her body. Open up windows for her. That she didn't even know was there. Move by your spirit, God. Offer their families. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Thank you for hearing and answering, God. Thank you for listening. Oh, we give you glory. Hallelujah. And Father, as we depart, bless our going out. Father, bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. And Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves that you're forgiven. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, August the 5th, 2022. In Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. We're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, God bless you, Brother Louis. Have a wonderful weekend. And I thank you. I thank you for posting script. And I thank you for managing that chat room. God bless you again, sir. We're going to our last song. tonight, or, or are you in the right place?
0: Clap, tube, beat. Oh, did I leave that up to my goodness?